Okay, it is Sunday, September 6th. I am Trent Reinsmith, and this is the Daily Come On Now MMA Podcast. And today's topics, an appreciation of Michelle Pajera, what's going on with COVID-19 at the UFC Apex, and what, if anything, is the UFC doing about the positive COVID-19 tests? Sorry, OSP, but it looks like folks can get COVID-19 more than once. Let's hit pause on the possible return of Nick Diaz. Dana White says, and what I hear when it comes to fighters staying busy, and what's up with next week's fight card. And closing out with, fighters shouldn't have to make themselves interesting to get what they deserve in the UFC. Michelle Pajera fought a hell of a fight last night at UFC on ESPN Plus 34. Without the crowd in the uh, UFC apex, Pajera still delivered his patented showmanship but he did so with a lot more control and a lot more focus on actually putting on a performance that would win him the fight and it worked out very well and he left the arena with a $50,000 performance of the night bonus but maybe more importantly he left with a lot more respect on his name because without the crowd he didn't have anyone to really play up to. And because of that, he was more focused and more committed on his striking and his athleticism than he had been in the past. It really paid off. And yes, he still was a showman. Yes, he still had some spectacular uh, techniques to display. But those came after rather than before his displays of being a, a good, good, good fighter with, with awareness. He set up his power strikes with jabs excellent. He used his uh, push kicks to set things up and keep range. When he delivered a big punch, he hit it behind the jab, as I said. His, his knees were good. His work in the clinch was good. His defense was excellent. Kept his opponent to only landing 23 significant strikes. He was infuriating with his movement. Um, He made his opponent lose focus. I just can't say enough about the performance. It was spectacular. Played the matador, and he avoided the bull, and he really, really impressed. And his uh, significant striking percent was 57. And the, the takedown that led to the, let's call it a questionable finish, was I think that was a message because normally he has been liable to kind of crap out there near the end of his fights that go the distance but this one I think he had a a point to prove and that was hey I could take this guy down just with a little trip put him on his hands and knees but I'm going to show you I still have a lot left in the tank and with that he did the the belly-to-back suplex landed it and then transitioned right to a rear naked choke. It was just an impressive all-around performance. And sure, sure someone's going to catch Pereira at some point. But until that point, let's enjoy what we have here. And maybe maybe this fight taught him a lesson. Maybe he can now see, hey, I can really be a contender here maybe. Maybe lay off a little bit with the showmanship. Focus more on the uh, securing the win. And then maybe maybe do a little razzle-dazzle. So I think this was a, a good learning experience for Pereira, and it was also a good learning experience for the fans to see he is more than a showman. He's not a clown. He is a, a talented, talented fighter. 
does he have the talent to get to the top of the division? I don't know. It's hard to hard to say because he hasn't fought top level competition yet. But I think he's got a chance, just like anyone's got a chance. But he's very entertaining, and let's like I said, let's enjoy him while we can as he climbs the ladder. And you know, if if I can say that, then anybody can say that. He was a fun fun fighter to watch, and he showed on Saturday night that. He is a, a real fighter and not just a clown or a showman as some people have portrayed him as. So great performance by Michelle Pajara and I'm sure we're going to see more of him and I hope we see more of his his fighting skills. But but yeah, let's see some of that showmanship as well because that's what some fans really are interested in and, you know, mix it up, make everybody happy. So excellent performance at UFC on uh ESPN Plus 34 from Michelle Pajara. If you're kind of weird like me, you've been paying a little bit of attention to the COVID-19 tests at the UFC events, and you'll notice that Saturday's event had um, three fights canceled, I think, for COVID positive COVID-19 tests. Um, according to TSN, here's what we have. Marcos... Rogerio de Lima, his bout against Alexander Romanov was scrapped 90 minutes before the first fight was to take place. And then they canceled the bout between Thiago Moises and Jalen Turner. Sorry if I'm butchering names, I'm terrible. Um, and then Kevin Natividad was pulled from his fight against Brian Kelleher. Kelleher fought uh, Ray Rodriguez on extremely short notice. And TSN has also been tracking this, and they say at least one bout has been scrapped on fight night from each of the UFC's past three cards due to COVID-19, and what they write here is problems. And I would say problems are positive tests. And so my question is, what's going on at the Apex? And I think that should be anybody's question, um, because we've been told that the UFC protocol is quote-unquote the best there is and that things were going to go smoothly and there, there's obviously a problem so the question is where is the problem and what is the UFC doing about it and we haven't heard word one about that and I don't think we will because if you recall when Dana White was asked about why he didn't pull uh, Ronaldo Jacare Souza from a, a fight card in Florida I think it was the first card back from the break for COVID-19 to set up the protocols his response was more or less it's his promotion he'll do what he wants and he didn't want to and he was very short with TSN on that subject um, and it was a terrible look and it should have brought up some red flags I don't know if it did I don't think anybody really pushed on it so even if there were red flags brought up um the access media did nothing with those flags except slowly lower them and tuck them in their backpack pockets. And so we really need to get an answer here. What's happening? There's a there's a failure somewhere. It, and and the, if maybe the failure isn't with the UFC, but we are told that these folks are tested the day they arrive, and then they're quarantined until they get a negative test back. And then they're tested again a couple of times. But something's happening 
between that first test and fight night where they're getting pulled. And if somebody's getting pulled uh, on fight night, well, I, I don't know what's happening. I, I don't know where the failure is. Is the failure that they're just testing positive on fight night? Or is the failure that they tested uh, positive and then negative and then positive again and then there's a precautionary pull? Is there false negatives? Are there uh, issues where the UFC is just kind of waiting and hoping that the fight night test is going to come back negative? All these things are questions that should be asked and should be answered because this isn't just a cold or a flu. It's, it's, it's much, much more, much, much worse, and it could have long-term effects. And we don't know what the long-term effects are, if there are any, but what we know is that it's not looking good. There's some suspicion that um, people can have uh, developed myocarditis even if they don't show symptoms, and that's not good for athletes. And again, I think, and I'm going to keep stressing this, the UFC and the commission should be testing um, uh, cardiac tests to make sure no one is has developed uh, myocarditis, especially folks who have tested positive in the past, like say Ovin St. Prue did. We really need an answer here, and we're not getting any. And I hope the access media does really push Dana White on this because he needs to be pushed and he needs to provide an answer because he has stressed how good the UFC's protocol is. And there's a, like I said, there's a failure. There's a failure somewhere, and we need to know where it is and what's being done to prevent further failures. And if there's another, if this happens again on Saturday, that's, that's, that's a month where a fight has been pulled on fight night because of a positive COVID-19 test. And why? Why? And what, what role is the Nevada State Athletic Commission playing in this? Are they doing anything? Are, are they concerned at all? Those are other questions that need to be asked. Ideally, I think what, what should have been done and what might be done and could be done still going forward is that the UFC takes a week off between these events. And I know they're after that ESPN money, so they have to put on 42 events this year. Maybe they go Apex one week, um, Abu Dhabi the next, or somewhere else. But have a rotation. Having all these fighters and fight camps move in and out of the apex one after another, and now you're throwing the Tuesday Night Contender Series in there as well. These are issues that, of course, you're going to have a positive test because there's just too, too many moving parts going through one location. And something's going to, there's controls are going to be lost. And so if you have one in there a week and then you clean everything up make sure everything's set and controlled and then you go to while that's happening you're having other events on fight island or another location then you can just rotate and make sure everything is in place all controls are in place and and you can make sure to the best of your knowledge no one is going to test positive for COVID-19 on 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 your side of the equation if you're the UFC and if the question is why didn't these things happen on Fight Island, the answer is because the UFC wasn't in control of that. That was the Abu Dhabi government, and they were the ones that set up all those, those protocols because they wanted to make sure that it was safe 
so they could sell Abu Dhabi as a location for sporting events while COVID-19 was still in play. And they did that. They did that effectively. And I don't know if anything else has moved Abu Dhabi. But if I would hope that they're also going to be in charge of it when the UFC returns to Abu Dhabi. Because now we see maybe the UFC isn't as in control of this protocol and keeping everything as tightly controlled as, as it should be. But Abu Dhabi did a hell of a job. A hell of a job. And the written protocol was good. But again, there was one thing missing from there. And I, I don't know if it's going to be administered with this next trip. And that is the tests when uh, everyone returns home. And maybe some quarantine involved there. But yeah, something's missing. Something's missing. And we need to know what is missing and where, where the failures are. Not just the media, but the fans, the fighters, the fight camps, the families of the fighters, and everyone who is going to work at these events needs to know where the failure is and what's being done to stop this failure. Something that came up was uh, Ovin St. Prue saying that he had hoped that he was going to get COVID-19 earlier so he could get it out of the way. And I'm not quoting here, but this was the general gist of what he said, was that he would hope he would get COVID-19 to get it out of the way. And we know that that, now we know that that's not something, you just don't get it once and not get it again. There was someone in, in Las Vegas, actually, I think, was that uh, someone has now had COVID-19 twice. And it was more of a a hope than a belief that you would not be able to get it twice. And now we know that there's at least the possibility that it can be, um, you can get COVID-19 twice. So I hope that no one believes that you get it once and it goes away because that does not seem to be the case right now. And that, that thinking has to be um, done away with. And if that thinking is, is going through the UFC ranks, someone needs to uh, address it because not true. So I saw Ariel Hawani posted some video of Nick Diaz doing a test cut. And I don't know how I feel about that. Because that interview that Hawani did with Diaz, I forget when it was, but it was a long-form interview. And it was, it was kind of confusing and it was kind of alarming. And at the time that it was um, put up and published, I thought that it was reckless because there was something going on there with Diaz and it it wasn't something that I wanted to see or that anyone should have wanted to see there was something there that was not right and I don't know what it was and I'm not going to speculate but it was he was not the Nick Diaz that we normally see and if that's the Nick Diaz that's going to fight I don't want to see him fight I just don't want to see it so I hope that that gets at least recognized that that happened and something or someone can figure out what was happening there and if everything's okay now maybe it was just a momentary thing maybe maybe he is okay maybe everything is all right and whatever it was like I said I'm not going to speculate but that video did not look good and that raised red flags and I hope someone other than the uh, pe other people who recognize those red flags during w while watching that video 
and I know there were some, um, say something, do something, and make sure that uh, Nick Diaz is okay in in every respect before he even starts to uh, spar and train uh, for a fight because you, you don't want to see anybody get um, long-term damage. Um, I mean, they're going to get long-term damage regardless, but any more than it, they need to get. Or This is all pretty stupid to talk about, actually, because, you know, the, the fight game is the fight game, and long-term damage is going to happen, but recognize the signs and get somebody out of that as soon as there is a worry that things are not right. I think that's something we ignore far too often in this sport is that there's damage and it's it's reached a point of no return and yet we don't really worry about letting people continue to compete in the sport and I think that's something that everyone needs to be a, a little more uh, observant about. If you follow me on Twitter and you should because why wouldn't you? It's uh, Trent Reinsmith at Trent Reinsmith. Uh, you notice that sometimes I do these things where I take something that Dana White says and then I add what uh, how I what I hear from his comments. And then one of these happened on Friday. So um, White said something about fighters staying busy and. The implication was that he likes to see fighters stay busy, uh, like folks from the um, Contender Series who turned around right away and said they wanted to fight as soon as they could. And what I heard and how I, I took that was you, that you got to risk COVID-19 and train in the garage if you want to get paid. Also, the UFC needs fighters real bad to fill out its cards. And one example of that, I think, is the incredibly short notice that fighters are accepting fights on these days especially in uh, at the apex and it's alarming and no one's very few people are getting a, a really good camp and even if they're getting the time for the camp the question is then can they have a good camp or are they just training wherever they can however they can during the COVID-19 and it's it's kind of upsetting to some point because it just seems that the UFC is just interested in putting on these fights and that they only care about reaching that number 42 and whoever whoever's available whoever accept the fight well that's who will will put in and quality doesn't matter because people are paying for those three letters UFC and not who is on the fight card uh, so that's kind of upsetting and if you look at the UFC's website for next week's card, you'll see that only two fights are on it. And I know other fights have been announced, but when we look at the official fights and the, on the UFC's page as well as on Fight Metrics page, which only puts up the fights when they are official, two fights. And that's, that's no good. Recently, Chael Sonnen spoke to Ariel Hawani about Leon Edwards and Neil Magny. And Chael said that these guys had to make themselves interesting if they want to get good fights. And I think both of them deserve good fights. And Chael also said that he agreed with that, that these guys are good fighters and they do deserve fights. But 
in his mind, he said that they have to make themselves interesting. And I don't, I don't think that should be necessary. I think just being a good fighter should be enough for, for some folks. Um, and if they're, if they're, and everyone knows that if you're, you're kind of forced to make yourself interesting, well then, what are you really doing? You're forcing a personality and then that just looks, that just comes across as pretty lame, doesn't it? If you fake a personality, everybody should be able to see through that and then it just comes off horribly and it's difficult and just no one really, then no one is even, no one's interested in that because it turns them off and then they turn against you even if you, uh, if your personality that you, a persona that you try to, uh, sell is just not not believable so if you don't have it in you you don't have it in you and that's that's what it is but I don't think that should be held against you as a fighter especially if you're a fighter as talented as Leon Edwards and Neil Magny are maybe they have to work a little harder to get the rewards that someone who's got a little bit of a bigger mouth say a Cody Garbrandt or a or a Colby Covington someone of that sure they're going to get more uh more opportunities a little faster but that shouldn't exclude fighters like Edwards and Magny from the from the conversation just shouldn't and let's not forget that Chael Sonnen what his persona her persona was it was it was a, a xenophobic kind of personality borderline racist and he got away with a lot of things because he pulled it off in a kind of a wrestling heel kind of presentation where you could tell, or at least I would hope many people could tell, that it was a put-on. Maybe it was what he thought ramped up 10 times, 20 times, 50 times. I don't know that. I don't know him as a person. But it came across as an act while other people, such as Covington, it comes apart across as his real personality. And I don't think that he's is because he's better at selling it than Sonnen was. I think it's just because that that's what he is ramped up zero times. It's just his personality. And that's how that's what I take from him. So I might be wrong. When you show me you're a racist without any kind of... I mean, you just show me you're a racist, I'm going to take you as a racist. And that's how I feel about Covington. Right or wrong, that's what he's shown us. And with that, I'm going to wrap it up for this evening. And I'll be back tomorrow. And until then, everyone stay safe.